1: gentlemen The time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Coach. oh, it's Adam Ho,
2: and from The Athletic, it's Adam
3: Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. Yeah, crazy. For me.
2: I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. What I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing this? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns. With you, the uh, most exciting three and six team we we've ever covered.
3: <laughs> that is true. On, Usually, three and six means bad quarterback
2: play, but that is not the case this year. Adam Hogue, I wouldn't even say like yesterday it felt like a victory Monday. It felt like one of the most exciting victory Mondays in like the last <laughs> decade. Come on, they still lost. Optimistic Monday,
3: optimistic I, about I, the future I, Monday.
2: I just called it Justin Fields Monday.
3: Justin Fields Monday? Yeah. see what happens when you run for records?
2: Runs Run for records. Although he did. He ran for records. Saw, believe it or not, there is at least one analyst out there, former player, whose conclusion of that game was that Justin Fields can't throw. <laughs> <laughs> did I miss this? Uh, I was just made aware of this about... 10 minutes ago from our producer, Kent, and we have the audio. So we're going to play some of this coming up here. Okay. Yeah. Little teaser for you, but uh, <laughs> welcome in. This is Hogan Johns. It is an exciting week. Even though the bears are three and six, you can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can read Johnsy on the athletic, the athletic.com slash Hogan Johns. You can read me all dot O.com. Go become a member, sign up for the, Newsletter, which will be in your inbox tomorrow, it comes out on Wednesday mornings. The Bears Things newsletter, uh, merch is up at obviousshirts.com. Check that out. Every uh, anything you buy from the Hogan Johns collection from Obvious Shirts in the month of November, a portion of the proceeds go towards the Twenty Two Q Family Foundation. Um, I should also mention. Separate from 22Q, the uh, Jackson Chance ping pong ball, which I've been a part of in past years, and then kind of took a hiatus because of COVID, is uh, back on and is this Thursday. So I unfortunately cannot attend this year because I have to go to Denver for a wedding. But um, it is an outstanding um, event that helps. It's such a simple thing. I've talked about this in the past, but they literally just raise money to help parents be able to park downtown to get access to Lurie Children's uh <laughs> the uh what's what Prentice is there Sounds in Western So there. outrageous to say but yes it, 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 no it's unbelievable and and we benefited from this very thankful to Jackson Chance when when our son was in the hospital for a, a long long time when he was born in the NICU they cover the parking which is like just the last thing you want to worry about is paying $20 for parking every single day when you're spending pretty much every hour of your day there. So um, it's a great organization. Go to jacksonchance.org, jacksonchance.org. There's an uh, awesome event this Thursday night. Go check it out. I highly recommend going. It's really fun. I'm uh, upset I won't be able to be there this year, um, mainly because Pat Tomasulo and I usually just run the, run the ping pong table the whole time you know
4: mm.
3: champions mm.
2: no it's documented mm. i need to see proof okay i have <laughs> photos videos it's probably on the website somewhere okay he was on the, i think he was reported on the WGM morning news yesterday <laughs> so i don't know what, my, what are you one of these fake news guys what are you doing here prove it prove it <laughs> no, I, will. I believe there are I very will. competitive ping pong games at Hallis hall are there used to I'm not, invite, I'm not invited to those. The Players Lounge? Yeah, not invited. Not invited. Uh, anyway, please check that out. JacksonChance.org. All right. Um, Justin Fields, good at football. This is a big development. And uh, we thought we'd do a couple things. First of all, Kalen Kaler, who's one of the national writers for The Athletic, is going to join us here in a little bit. But there's been a lot of chatter. I was curious how this would go, Johns. Because this was like a noon game. Wasn't in a marquee window. Patrick Mahomes played Sunday night. That got a lot of the discussion. He threw the ball 68 times, which was kind of ridiculous. Um, And yet impressive and 400 yards and all that stuff. But I think Justin Fields got his due. It sure seemed like from the national media uh, yesterday. And um, we thought we'd share some of that with you. And talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Our producer, Kent... Went through a lot of this stuff and uh, found a lot of the discussion that happened in the aftermath of Sunday's Bears game and Justin Fields' performance. We're going to start with Emmanuel Acho talking about Justin Fields. Sam's little brother. That's right.
1: Team meeting. Justin Fields is the most dangerous quarterback in football right now. It's not my opinion. Just watch the tape and you will believe the same thing as soon as it's done. He's savvy, he's athletic, and he's accurate. Y'all have to run this back and take a look at it. I'm gonna run it in slow motion. He is in the air changing his mind. He lands, and after being in the air, changing his mind and landing, makes one guy miss, makes two guy miss, makes three guy miss. He outruns a fourth guy. Justin Fields is savvy. He is accurate. He is athletic. He is the most dangerous quarterback in football. And we are watching the miraculous development of this man, number one, Justin Fields.
2: Ready, break. The most dangerous quarterback in football right now. I think that's actually a good way to put it. Like, he's I, don't not
3: think the, I don't think he is, though, but I, I know what he's suggesting. It's a good way to maybe unpredictably dangerous at this point. Explain. Scrambles. Yeah. Like, I would still, if you're going to use the description, most dangerous quarterback, I would still side with the guy you just mentioned, Patrick Mahomes. Did you not watch his game? He could scramble, too. Josh Allen ran for a touchdown this week, although the Bills lost to the, the Jets. That's not good. Jalen Hurts, he runs all the time. I know what they're saying. Um, he's, I would say he's become the most exciting Quarterback as of late, one of the most exciting quarterbacks as of late, but most dangerous. I don't want to get too carried away.
2: Yeah, I think right now though he might be the hardest to actually bring down. Okay, like, well, that's, Ethan, different. I, that's different. That's different. But that's I think that's kind of what he's going after. I am. no, but he's mentioning the throws. He's accurate. I, I got to be
3: careful with this. The Bears still have the worst passing offense in the league. <laughs>
2: By no means am I saying that Justin let me preface this, and by no means am I saying that Justin Fields has passed Lamar Jackson by any means. But when I was watching that game last night, there was a couple times where Lamar scrambled, and I was like, right now he's easier to bring down than Justin is. And I think it's the size. Well, they're different ball carriers. Like Ju- Justin's like, and he doesn't even have to lower the shoulder. he's just hard to bring down right now because he's so strong and like he's just running through tackles. It's very impressive. You know who's also
3: uniquely difficult to bring down is Patrick Mahomes because when he's running, he doesn't exactly look like the <laughs> the most. Yeah, athletic. He's like kind of just. Uh, how would you describe his his running style? It's it's kind of just. It's
2: different. But he he yeah, doesn't go down. I he mean, gains a lot of yards. Fields he's is faster and and more athletic. But, all right. Here's another one. Uh, this was uh, Shady McCoy who I think was actually reacting to what Emmanuel Acho had to say. Um, and then they kind of go back and forth. But this is where, I don't know if Bears fans are going to love this one completely.
5: I don't care what Peter said, what Acho said, I, don't care what, I, my, I got my own eyes. I think he's a hell of an athlete. I said that. He can't throw the ball, right? I think that the, the, the Dolphins defensive coordinator is a bad, bad guy. He, he had ran. three passes, Shady. Hold on. He ran the same exact defense the whole time. The dudes running around the scrambling, waiting for somebody to get over. Oh, th- and then West once, once the defenders come up, he just throws it. Yo. So my thing is like, as a corner, no, no pressure. Then it's a no pressure. Because they had spies, big dogs. They s- spying him. The play right Spy. there, they spying him, that's a Smart. dart. Literally. You said he can't throw him out of dart. The, that's s- a dart. No, I need you to acknowledge that. But, and this throw so t- was oh touchdown. Oh, that's a beautiful six-yard pass. That was a beautiful six-yard pass. I don't like to hate, I just like to keep it honest. Like, first of all, we're praising this guy off of a loss. He lost this week, he lost last week, the week before that, losses, right? He won the week before. He, that he beat he beat the uh, uh the Patriots. That was a crazy game. But listen, I just gotta see more from the guy. Everybody loves to give him, give him uh, uh passes for the way he plays, right? I mean don't 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 get crazy here. I'm not lying. I mean he had games we threw for like 80 yards mm-hmm. in a real NFL game. Not Harry pickup football. 80 yards go. in a real football game. Jay, That's crazy. Your
1: career high in rushing yards, I believe, is 207 or 213. This man, a quarterback, just ran for 178 in maybe his
5: 20th start ever, along with three touchdown okay. passes. I need some respect. He runs. He runs well. I just said that. I just told you that he's a hell of an athlete. Three touchdown passes. I gotta see more. I gotta see. I gotta see less losses and some wins. That's what I gotta see. Okay, Dave, what do you need to see? So, uh, <laughs> We are seeing more. That's the cool thing about this, which, ironically, you two managed to find both, like, y'all find the extremes. Like, most dangerous quarterback in the league is a little strong, Acho. when you can... Did you watch Patrick Mahomes last night? Yeah, of course. Always say his name. Put the team on his back. I'm saying, no. Regardless. So, you're on one end, but, like, to act like this isn't impressive, I'll go as far as to say, like, for the time being, with what the Bears have figured out on offense, they're must-see TV, man. This is fun.
2: So, before we get to what McCoy said, um, that is a pretty common sentiment that has popped up here. It was one of the points I was making last week, John, about how this team has just turned into a fun team out of nowhere in the last month.
3: Super exciting is what Chase Claypool used the other day,
2: and you know, Bill. I'll give Bill Simmons some credit. He was on this last week because if you listen to his Sunday pods, they always do. They like put the games every week in tiers. As they guess the lines and they have like their um you know their top games, their watchables, their barely watchables, and then they're they call it the poop fecta. The Bears are usually in the poop fecta. Now he's like th- he said the, the Bears Dolphins game was like one of the best games to watch last week. And he and he was right. And same thing this week. Like he's got the Bears Lions game as a watchable game. It's Bears Lions. The both teams suck, <laughs> but they score but, points. But they're entertaining. It should be an entertaining football game. So that part is uh, totally agree. I I don't obviously I don't think McCoy's giving no Fields enough credit. Like any
3: argument about that? If good for Acho for stepping in and providing context. Hey, he threw three touchdown passes. Did you just forget about those? Right, and two of them were really
2: like perfectly thrown footballs. Yes, I think.
3: With everything with the passing offense, you need to have context. The offensive line, new play caller, receivers, Chase Claypool's first game, Nikhil Harry just returning to the offense. There's so many layers to that conversation. If you don't provide that context, then your opinion is lacking in a sense. Do I think he needs to improve as a passer? Yes. The Bears got the worst passing offense in the league. I just said that not too long ago. But to say you can't throw the ball, then you're obviously not watching. Not watching at all. Because let me tell you, he can throw the ball quite well when given time, when things work down the field. I mean, every week I feel like Matt Eberflus is praising the deep balls that Justin Fields can throw.
2: Right, and like the the context, yeah, the play at the end of Claypool that should have been pi was a well thrown ball. There were there were some mistakes in this game, you know. Do you know the play right before the black punt? It took a deep shot.
3: Well, I know it pulls open on the opposite side to my column.
2: He threw a foul ball. No chance to catch it. The shallow cross was open. Easier throw. Would have been a first down. Actually, watch that again. Look
3: who's got single coverage on the left set line. Uh, I don't know. All I know is the shallow cross was wide open. Number 10. Okay. Not Mitch.
2: The new guy. Well, I I think that it was just a predetermined deep shot pre snap and
3: Well, let's not have
2: predetermined deep shots to equanime St. Brown. Well, that's (laughs) I I agree. I mean, that's why I'm I'm criticizing him for that play. That, That that was not handled well. Um the one the clay pool that was like thrown into the ground kinda. I mean, that's an all day easy slant. And he threw it low and it was late. So that wasn't good. Um, The one where he got sacked late and that was totally on Braxton Jones gave up pressure right away. But there's an easy slant to Nikhil Harry that he's looking right at and didn't pull the trigger. So, you know, there were definitely things in this game that he could have done better. I have a feeling if you watch every Chiefs game with the same critical eye that there are probably throws like that when Mahomes goes for a bomb and maybe it doesn't connect that you might say, oh, look, Travis Kelsey was actually wide open underneath. Uh,
3: He had a throw to Travis Kelsey the other night that was way behind Travis Kelsey down the right seam but Travis Kelsey turns and makes one of the best catches I've seen thus far by a tight end this season. Yeah. like It's a highlight real play, not for Mahomes, but for the best tight end in football. It goes back to your point, like, you know what, maybe that ball was low and away from Chase Claypool, but maybe he's got to dive to make the catch. You see receivers make those catches for their quarterbacks all the
2: time. That every throw is perfect. They rarely are. All let right, right, uh, we're going to keep this going, but let's bring in Kalen Kaler to the uh, conversation as well. All right, Kalen, I don't know how much of uh, that you heard, but we're kind of running through some of the uh, praise and, surprisingly some criticism that justin fields was receiving yesterday Mm -hmm. um any reactions to any of the stuff so far
4: yeah um i i will say so after the game on sunday i texted a scout who i know uh scouted fields during the 2020 season and some of the other quarterbacks in that 2020 class and i was like you know i'm kind of thinking fields might be the best quarterback in this class you know because i think that was one of the Opinions people kind of came out of that game on Sunday thinking like he could be the best one. Like that was kind of the first time that I, I on Sunday that I really felt like I kind of believed that. So I, I texted that to a scout who had who had scouted him that year and some of the other quarterbacks in that class, and he was like, "Yeah, but you know, when it really counted, those last two drives of the game, he gets sacked twice, um, has several incompletions that you know kind of stall those drives and lead lead to nowhere." So he wasn't totally sold on on my opinion that fields might be the best in that 2020 class. So uh, I think that last clip that you played where they were sort of pointing that out. um, I think I sort of agree with parts of that. Like it was really incredible what he did uh, Sunday against the dolphins, but that defense also really didn't make any adjustments. And I was, I was surprised to see that and they'd given up, I think it was 119 yards to Lamar Jackson. So this was the second time the dolphins has given up hundred plus yards to a mobile quarterback They gave up 49 yards, I believe to Josh Allen. So they came into the game as sort of the perfect defense for fields to exploit. And that's not to like make less of what he did. Cause obviously when you are presented with that, you need to make the most of it and uh, take advantage of those situations. But I do think the dolphins really allowed him to do that. Um, in a way that, you know, other defenses he faces later this season are probably going to be a little bit better equipped to try to stop him.
3: I I think you should text your scout back and ask him (laughs) how he thinks or what he thinks of the Bears averaging 31.3 points over the past (laughs) three three, three weeks. Um, I, I always feel like you get caught. In the moment, in terms of like evaluations, like, yeah, no one's expecting Justin Fields to run with for 175 yards, like, per game. But, like, I'm curious as you're watching that, you just spent a week or a couple days down in Miami where where two taken off. Mm -hmm. Like, what are what were you thinking as field? You've covered yeah. Chicago Bears teams. You've yeah. seen Chicago Bears quarterbacks. You've been I here was, long enough.
4: <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. It was like a weird feeling because I feel like we've been kind of waiting for a quarterback here to actually develop and like show signs of improvement, like tangible improvement. And, um, I, you know, we never really got there with Trubisky. It was always kind of just, we're almost there and then he would regress and we're almost there and we'd regress again. So, I feel like this was really fun on Sunday. Like it was just like a nice thing to see because I think for fields, it's like the last three games now, including Sunday, you've seen him continue to improve. So it seems like he's established a pattern now of, you know, he's really getting better. And the addition of Claypool obviously is going to help there. So that was, it's been, I think it's, it was just like, a weird feeling of like, what am I watching? Like, is this really happening? So I I think it was really fun. And, you know, I'm definitely like in the moment of feeling excited about it and like optimistic and positive. And then, you know, at the same time recognizing like, yeah, the Dolphins were really the perfect team for this because, um, I mean, Mike McDaniel said after the game, like, they had a couple big missed tackles of fields. I think Bradley Chubb almost got him down in a sack. Um, I think maybe that was the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter later in the game. And uh, the same thing with Elandon Roberts, like, had one arm around him. He eludes the tackle, uh, goes for, I think, 13 yards for the Chubb play. Um, but anyway, so McDaniel was kind of going into how you can't just arm tackle him because it's not enough if you're half engaged with alignment, like you're not one arm, isn't going to cut it with him because, um, you know, as you guys have pointed out earlier on the show today, like he's so big, too strong. so strong, so physical. So you've got to like get a leg. You've got to somehow disengage to have both arms around him. Otherwise it, you know, it's not going to work. So McDaniel was basically saying after the game, like, almost like they needed to kind of go back to the drawing board with like how to bring him down because he said, you know, he's changed the complexion of this offense and McDaniel alluded to, you know, the last couple of games, the complexion of the offense has changed. So um, yeah. So I think like that was really interesting to hear him kind of say like, this is, you can't tackle him. Like you would tackle any other, you know, quarterback or even some of the other mobile quarterbacks. Like this guy is huge. You really need, to figure out a different way to do this or it's not going to work.
2: Yeah. I just, I just think that like, you know, if we're going to look at the dolphins game in a vacuum, I can kind of see what, you know, maybe why that scout is questioning some of it or why the matchups. I mean, the reality is the dolphins, the dolphins actually did a good job of doing two things in that game, which was stopping the bears running non Justin Fields, running game, Mm -hmm. actual running backs. And I thought they did a good job of covering. You know, throughout the game, there really weren't that many wide open wide receivers. We talked about a couple plays here and there where I think Justin had somebody underneath. That would have been, maybe been an easier throw um, or one slant. He threw low, but like again, I, I think if you look at most games that any quarterback's playing in the NFL, there are going to be three to four plays like that, no matter who you are. Um, I think where I'm going with that is go back to the beginning of the season. We were looking at 10 to 12 plays where Justin wasn't seeing this guy or his footwork right. was wrong or he was way he was he was way high on a throw and just completely missed if if you've been watching closely there has been considerable improvement in mm-hmm. the passing game and I think it is connected to how they've used him in the running game because that seems to have unlocked him but come on i mean he is a different quarterback from earlier in the year Like when they beat the Houston Texans, and that may have been his worst game of the entire season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he he. Well, they're
3: doing
4: different things, yeah. Well, and he was only sacked twice on on Sunday, and it didn't come until the fourth quarter. Which one is where he
3: ran out of bounds?
2: which was bad.
4: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) can't happen. Yeah, but that's a huge sign of improvement because you know that was something him getting the ball out, recognizing you know, don't hold on to it too long. So you're taking those sacks that you don't need to take. So I thought I think that's been an area that we've seen him improve in as well.
2: Um what if you since you spent so much time kind of paying attention to I think you've been all over Tua and Trevor Lawrence, like how do you they're they're all different quarterbacks in their own different ways, but I guess who has impressed you the most out of those three?
4: Well, this is like not really. This just popped in my head. This is not really an answer to that question. I will answer that after this. But <laughs> you don't uh-huh. have to. <laughs> oh, well, one thing not like your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one funny. thing. One thing that's interesting is like so Tua, you know, had a defensive head coach for his first two years, um, and had different offensive coordinators, I believe, in both years, and you know, just like never really improved in those first two seasons, really struggled, and now he's got Mike McDaniel, who is an offensive head coach, and who has clearly figured out you know, how to, I think he's talked about his timing. He never really learned footwork and timing from his previous offensive coaches. And now he's like, Oh, I know how to hit my receivers in stride when they break out of their route. Like I'm understanding that timing a lot better. And I think that's totally unlocked him. So he's a little bit on of like the reverse of fields because now like fields had an offensive coach last year and now we've got a defensive head coach and he's, taking steps that we didn't see from him last year. So it's interesting how different um, coaching setups can lead to success. And it's not really like one way or the other, but it's, you know, it's the minds inside the building and and how exactly you're supporting the quarterback and coaching him. And I think the support is the common theme because, you know, Tua got Tyreek. They are going all in with Tua, with the Dolphins, you know, making trades to support him, making trades to build this team to win right now. Like they're recognizing, like this is our window. We want to do it now because Tua has improved so much. And I think we're starting to see the beginning of that in Chicago with the addition of chase Claypool and, you know, hopefully more pieces as you know, the months go by and going into next season as well. So I could see sort of like the same pattern happening for both of them with those little differences that I just pointed out. Um, I think of the three of those guys, obviously Tua to me is the most impressive right now, just because he is so he's so accurate right now. Um, he, his timing is so much better with his receivers. Uh, he's still like Tyreek still will have to slow down. I'm sure you guys noticed that a little bit on a few of his passes to Tyreek. He's kind of like slowing down to wait for the ball because he is so fast. So I think when he gets his, timing even better with Tyreek it's going to be it's going to be even more explosive but I mean they've got one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL right now um Hill's already over a thousand yards receiving which is the fastest of um you know any player since Calvin Johnson by week nine uh so that's they're like on pace to set some records with that offense um and Jalen Waddle their number two receiver is also like right up there when you look at receiver stats in the NFL which is extremely impressive because It's hard to get two receivers in the same offense having that type of production. So I think Tua to me is the most impressive just because of the turnaround that he's made in just this short amount of time. Um, And it really just goes to show you like what pairing a coach or the quarterback can really do to unlock a quarterback and, you know, just the support because he was, he was benched for bad performances in the past they wanted Deshaun Watson. Like they, this organization did like everything to say that he was not their guy. And now, as soon as they hired Mike McDaniel, they kind of changed that philosophy and decided to support him and to build around him and recognize, like, okay, no, this is our quarterback. Like this is our guy. And I think you're seeing on the field sort of the effect of that.
3: That Mike McDaniel point is important, I think, especially when it applies to the Bears because. You have Lou Now he's not the, the head coach. Right. But he's essentially from the, the same tree, albeit mm-hmm. different – fathers maybe right no they're the
4: <laughs> different mothers <laughs> different mothers yes
3: yeah. one from shanahan yeah. the other one for uh, more from mcvay i'm trying to remember yes that that, that works that, that'll work <laughs> yeah
4: because mcdan or sorry not mcdaniel guess he's through
3: lafleur's yes. who's through mcvay um I, they're all the it. same person i yes, guess I'm it's
4: the, the
2: same tree <laughs> they're all the same person but it's shanahan, the same like Fleur, it's, McVay, it's the same
4: Flexibility,
3: yeah. the same creativity. It, it's yeah. the Bears scoring on plays that they've put in, like on day one of training camp to, to Cole Komet, and they're still working. It's pairing the run game to the pass game, and now it's adding design runs for uh, Justin Fields. They, they are different quarterbacks, Tua and Justin Fields. Tua can't run right. the way right. Justin Fields does, <laughs> but I think the pairings, I, I like the pairings. McDaniel yes. and Tua Gatsy and Justin Fields right now.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really, it's going to be fun to watch to see. I mean, we're only at the midway point of the season. So, I mean, imagine where Fields is going to be at by week 17. Um, and honestly, like this is a hot take, but I'm sure you guys have already said this. The Pittsburgh Steelers may regret not training Claypool to the Packers because the Bears second rounder, you know, I don't I don't know that it's a done deal that they thought, you know, the Packers were getting or the Bears second rounder was going to be a better second rounder, a higher second round pick. I don't know. I don't know about that anymore.
2: I think, I
3: think it's all right. They, they got a participation medal award <laughs> for for trying the trade.
4: Right. All, all their right.
2: trades. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, they, they tried got every that trade. ribbon that the, that the kids get yeah. in T-ball. Right, right exactly Thanks congratulations for, for trying you didn't get any of them I agree <laughs> yeah. though Kalen I think hey December 4th at Soldier Field I mean the Steelers might want to be glued to that game <laughs> because right. it may decide they may end up deciding who uh, which pick is higher uh, and they you know but that's whatever the Bears got. And I think that that's one area as you say will be interesting to watch going forward how I was actually impressed with how much Claypool was able to do on like three days. Yeah. Of being in the offense. They get yeah. him going more within that system. I think that could really help uh, Justin Fields. So, mm-hmm. all right, Kalen. Appreciate uh, the time. Always Thank love having you on the podcast. Uh, make sure you're following her on Twitter at Kalen Kaler. Great stuff on The Athletic. Theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you
0: go to subscribe. Thanks, Kalen. Thanks, Kalen. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone?
6: Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. This episode of the Hogan Johns
3: podcast is presented by the incredible Helix Sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux collection. They have mattresses designed for big and tall sleepers and even a mattress made just for kids. My kids have them. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you? Take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in just under two minutes. Then your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. You should see it come out of the box. It's pretty cool. Helix knows there's no better way to test out your new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they have a 100-night trial and a 10-15-year to warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. Everybody sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. They have models with memory foam layers to provide pressure relief if you sleep on your side, and others that cradle your body for support in stomach and back sleeping positions. They also have enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. I took the Helix Sleep Quiz and I was matched with a Midnight Lux mattress because I wanted something that felt just right because I tossed and turned all night long. Helix helped stop that. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Adam and use code HELIXPARTNER20. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Go to HelixSleep.com slash Adam. Use code HelixPartner20.
2: All right, let's get to some more of this audio uh, that we had from various... Do you want to play uh, the Mike McDaniel one? You want to do that now? Yeah, let's do that now, sure. since we just talked about him. Let's see here. We got Mike McDaniel. This is from yesterday's press conference, right? Yes. Back in Miami on Justin Fields.
6: No, I just wanted him to stop scrambling and it was pretty irritating cuz he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. Um and uh yeah, it was that no, I, I think they I think our whole team um took them serious because uh they're they're a young and up and upcoming team that like um, if you take lightly at all, they will make you quickly um, regret that. So you Know they fought exactly how we thought they were going to. Um, you know, I think that uh, uh, Justin's really starting to um get a feel for uh, when he can utilize his full scale of um gifts and and, and he, he's making plays more and more and becoming more and more difficult to defend. So, um, at that stage of the game, I you know, I I figured no one had tr- no one had asked him to stop it, so you know I gave that a try. Um, I'll. Uh, I think other coaches can learn from my experience that he does not listen, so um, rely on other tactics.
2: How can that guy not be your favorite coach <laughs> in the NFL? Here's the love that we were talking about last week, and, and, and I think I actually hit the under. By the way, did you? I I I. I it, there was just so much Justin Fields talk that we didn't get to a lot of Mike McDaniel love. I think everybody knows how much I love that guy, but right there's why I love that guy. He would fit I mean,
3: right into this podcast with the glasses and the the forehead, right?
2: Oh my god, <laughs> glasses, forehead, sarcasm. Yes, like I love the dry sense
3: of humor. I, I I love actually the willingness and the the fun that he has to go up the fields as he's scrambling and go and like tell him to stop it. That's that's what the question yeah. was like. The broadcast cameras captured Mike McDaniel telling Justin Fields to stop it. If you look closely, you can see
2: Justin Fields laughing, smiling, yeah. as he says yeah. it. The thing that sucks though is there was holding called on that plane. It actually, the ball actually went back. That was the that was the same for holding. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think I just came. I think an off-season goal for us, you know, maybe it's maybe it's the Super Bowl if Mike McDaniel's you know, they're not participating in it or at the combine or we got to get Mike McDaniel on this podcast. He would fit in. We, we I don't know how he pitched that the right way to be like, yeah, you need to go on a Bears podcast, but <laughs> you know, he you, seems it, like a guy who would be, f- f- have fun with it though. I think he would do it. I think he would do it. Just, it get on it. <laughs> it needs to be presented to him the right way.
3: The, um, yesterday at Matt Eberflus's press conference, I liked what he – like, he used a description. Call it a scout description if, if you want. But I think this is the, a great way to kind of encapsulate the excitement that, that Justin Fields brings right now. He called what Justin Fields – like, what he's doing right now, unscripted athleticism, where it's yeah. just physical talent taking over. And that's what Mike McDaniel in his praise of Justin Fields is alluding to. You could have rush plans. You could have a spy. And I'm sorry, LaShawn McCoy. There was some of that from the Dolphins. You can do all those things to try to contain a player like Justin Fields. But sometimes a player is just going to make plays. He's going to run through the arm tackles of Bradley Chubb and get away.
2: He's going to be too strong to tackle. See, I'm not dismissing what you're saying because I totally agree with you. Let me say that first. But I think I always knew he could do that stuff. What has me more excited, Johns, is the scripted stuff he's doing well. So, and I'll give you a couple examples. One is the touchdown to Cole Komet, right? Well, I think both touchdown throws. First one to Mooney, which is just, when you say he's not a pocket passer, that was a muddy pocket. It's third down too, isn't it? Third down, muddy pocket, absolute dying. And a good route from Mooney, makes a nice catch, perfect form, getting away from the the corner, the ball was put in the perfect... I mean, it's a, you could not draw that up wait, wait, better. I heard he can't throw the ball. Nope. That's... Yeah. Okay. Can't do it. The other one, going back to scripted stuff, the Cole Komet touchdown, they move the launch point to the right, throwing on the run, right in stride, so Cole can catch it, get up the sideline, stay in bounds, because... When, when when I get accused of like spending too much time talking about the how the horizontal throws need to be pinpoint, that's why you throw it behind him, it's not a touchdown. You throw it too far ahead of him, he might get led out of bounds even if he catches it. It's perfectly thrown where Cole can put his foot in the ground, get up the sideline, and score with a nice block from uh, Equinemius St. Brown to downfield. Okay? The zone read, I posted this on Twitter last night. There's a zone read... Um, Late the second half, I think it was right before the uh where the defensive end is
3: kind of frozen in time. There,
2: yeah, I think it was right before the touched touchdown. I'm talking about anyway. There's a there's it's a technique called surf technique. Okay, it's supposed to c- try to confuse the quarterback on zone reads. So the the read defender, the guy who's unblocked, instead of picking between crashing on the running back or going upfield at the quarterback. They get in like this horizontal. They put their arms up. That's why they call it surfing, right? And you just stay flat. Yeah, yeah. You 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 sort of keep your feet chopping, but you're flat, and you try to put the quarterback in a bind. Oh, is he crashing? Or is he not crashing? What is he doing? And you just make that decision harder. Go back and watch some of the film from earlier in the year. On those plays, Justin was taking and what is considered usually the right decision, which is to hand it off to the running back. Because if he's not crashing on the running back, he's probably not going to tackle him. So hand it off. And the Bears would get three, four yards or whatever they would get. What I was looking at that when those plays, though, I'm going, if he stops his feet, Justin's winning that, that race to the edge easily. And I know it's hard to be like, oh, he's not crashing on the running back. I should keep this and just beat him. He's starting to do that now. He's starting to do that now because he realizes if if that if that read defender does not get vertical upfield on the quarterback, Justin Fields is going to win that race to the edge every time. And I think on this play, he picks up fifteen, seventeen yards. He almost scores. Too much space. What was his final stats on design runs
3: or run calls? Like eight carries for sixty-eight yards, seventy yards. I don't have it. In front something of you, but still sounds about right. Something still good. Something that's still threatening to opposing defenses and opposing defensive coordinators. My favorite quote from Justin Fields post-game is how he went into detail explaining how he actually started to scout. And I'm sure he's been doing this for a bit. But scouted the athleticism specifically of the Miami defensive ends. Their lateral quickness and speed. Case in point. Your play right there that you just explained, yeah. knowing that he'd have a cushion and knowing that he can gain the edge because he was just laterally quicker. Yep. The better athlete, the better player. That's what again I think Mike McDaniel's getting at too. Learning what he could do. The Bears that mini bye week has been like <laughs> it's something like it, it really
2: is. I mean they they looked at something they, they found that.
3: something yes.
2: Maybe Darnell Mooney did a, did them a favor by dropping that ball to Well, he didn't technically drop it, he bobbled it. Is that a drop? Well, did that count as a catch or not? No, not a catch. Oh, okay. I thought that counted as a catch and he was You're just talking about the, the goal one. line against Washington? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a catch, but he was down at the one because he bobbled it instead not, of it being whatever. Not a catch. But So yes, he dropped it.
3: To your point. Also from that game, they're now using Cole Clement more in red zone situations instead of the third string tight end, who only played two snaps. Against the Miami Dolphins.
2: Wait, say that again. Griffin.
3: That's the oh, same Ryan, game Ryan Griffin was overthrown.
2: Yes, Cole. Komet. He's not in there in the red zone anymore. No, it is now.
3: Cole commit all day. Who's on there for like ninety eight percent of the steps? These games. Can now. I?
2: Can I ask you a fantasy football question? Oh, what? No. Would you pick up Cole Komet in fantasy right now? I'm not talking about me. I'm just talking about general. The, yes. Basically, the question is: Is this Because he hasn't scored, for fantasy football purposes, he has not scored in double digits all season until Sunday. I think he put up like 22 points, depending on what your league scoring. Yes. Is he Travis Kelsey? No. Is he
3: Mark Andrews? No. But it looks like he could be good for a touchdown every other game, or at least games that Adam Johns doesn't have him as his bold prediction. Which will be the rest of the season. (laughs) Apparently. Apparently. I'll come up up with something new. Cole Clement carries per game. Do you want to play one more clip before we get to everybody's voicemails and we will get out here?
2: No, because <laughs> we have a present for you. Yeah. Well, I'm literally in a different town. No, I know, but I will. I mean, I can give this to you. I'm going to present it on the podcast because we had an awesome listener. Okay, who showed up to the tailgate on Sunday that you did not attend <laughs> because you're too good of a father and you went to your son's soccer game, which is unacceptable. Of course. Um and he brought gifts. His name's Shiv and he was he was excited. And and what do we got? He gave us he gave us each one of these. If you're I realize if you're listening to the podcast right now you're not watching on YouTube. You can't see this, but we'll explain.
3: Adam it. Hogue has opened uh a red bag. He took out it some is red a paper
2: t-shirt. It says getting bold predictions wrong since 2021. I think it's actually should say since 2015 if we're being honest. Yeah. Um, but this is actually the best part. It's on the sleeve. Let's
4: see if I can hold
2: that up so people can see it. This is hard. Hang on. Hang on. We'll we'll get this right. <laughs> what that we have uh, Cole Komet for real though huge fan of the podcast congrats on 600 episodes oh that is way Chib- too nice chibber 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 i apologize if i got your last name wrong um but he was a really nice guy he came with gifts he gave us each one of these um also shout out to our friends at obvious shirts this is a uh, pun intended an obvious knockoff of an obvious, obvious shirt shirt um, so I just want to make sure they get the credit because this is an obvious shirt design. And don't worry, uh, Joe and everybody, Devin and everybody else there, no profits were made off of this. It's just a gift. So people should go to obviousshirts.com if they think that's a cool shirt. Um, I want to thank Shiv somehow. So if if next time you're at a Bears game, if you're
3: going, DM me, reach out on Twitter. I promise you I will try to find that message and we'll take a picture or something together. Yeah.
2: Well done. We appreciate it. That's awesome. Maybe buy you a beer. We, we did. We were planning on celebrating the 600th episode last week, and then all hell broke loose with the trade <laughs> deadline, and we never really got around to doing it. <laughs> no. So gifts are not required, but uh, thank you very much, Shiv. Those are nice thoughts and a good bit for our podcast that fit perfectly. All right. A um, couple more clips we want to play, then we'll get to the voicemails, then we'll get the hell out of here. This was from uh, Get Up on ESPN.
0: We talk about floors.
1: What right. do you think when you watch Justin? The highest ceiling, uh, I mean, by far, of any quarterback yep. out there. To me, his ceiling, it's, it's unreal. And that's why I always question, like, and no shot at Mac Jones, but Mac Jones had a, had a really high floor but not a high ceiling. This kid had a much higher ceiling, meaning the potential, if he ever reaches it, is going to be like this. This is what a franchise quarterback looks like. You talk about an organization that, that changed an organization. This guy has that ability. And you see, Rex, it. That's I what? think they could it's go from like, like
5: this. I think it's they could go like from this. next year to being like, you know what, let's support Justin and be like, oh, we can get in the mix. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, there's no play, right? question about I said, that. I said the Jets should have drafted him. I said the San Francisco 49ers should have drafted him. Yeah. Because what I knew was when he put it together from a talent standpoint, other than Trevor Lawrence, there was no one else that could do what Justin Fields is doing. I have fair. to give office coordinator Mike Getze this. Luke Getze, I'm sorry, Luke yep. Getsey this. Justin Fields didn't run this much at Ohio State. Right. Yeah, he had true. the talent, but he didn't have to do yeah. it. For them to make the decision that we're going to use this talent right. in this way has changed not only the trajectory of Justin Fields, yeah. but the trajectory of this team. My, my favorite part of Justin this year is not only with Luke Getze, but Andrew Junoko, the quarterback coach. I said this about Justin. Mechanically, he had to get better with his feet because they used to get too high off the ground. Instead of grazing the ground, natural athletes or big-time athletes do that a lot. And then his throwing motion was so poor. He has tightened up his mechanics. Not I don't want to say poor, just loose. And he's tightened up his throwing motion with those coaches. The, the running talent, I didn't know it was this good, candidly. Shoot, I didn't know it was this did. good, right? But the way he's developed as just a passer off of that natural talent, to me, is why this – organization has the chance to be very different very quickly right, we'll, we'll talk more about this as as the week goes
1: on and time goes on because when you say he has more talent than anyone but trevor lawrence i haven't seen trevor lawrence yeah. look, play a game look anything like that well, i'm not saying uh-huh. talent wise we knew trevor lawrence was going one though. yeah right, right. Uh, yeah. i'm not 100 sure they won't look back down <laughs> that and say that that was the right decision either
2: johns we had a pretty fun discussion yesterday on the chgo bears podcast going through the entire draft from 2021 and and um Basically pointing out the teams that messed up. And the reason we did it is because the Bears never get to be that team that gets to do that. The fans, the Bears fans aren't, don't ever get to do that. So celebrate it and do it. But I totally agree, man. Imagine if the Jets had Justin Fields right now. Oh, it would be a completely different story. I mean, they already beat the Bills the other day. without they have talent throughout their roster. Oh, man. If Fields was their quarterback, they would be a legitimate Super Bowl contender. The 49ers had Fields. They would be really, really good. And then the, the 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 two teams that totally screwed up were the Panthers. They can't get a quarterback right. They're drafting J.C. Horn and the Broncos. Patrick Sertan is a really good player, but, you know, then they never go down the road of trading for Russell Wilson, which has totally screwed them up. And then the team, I always point out, remember all that draft day talk about trading Aaron Rodgers to Denver Was it smoke? Was it not smoke? Imagine a world right now, Johns, where Aaron Rodgers is traded to the Broncos on draft day. The Packers draft Justin Fields with that pick. They're able to keep Devontae Adams because they don't have to pay Rodgers. And oh, by the way, they also have the Broncos first round picks in 2022 and 2023. You think the Packers will be better off than it's looking right now?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Say what you want about Ryan Pace. But the man had an obsession with getting that quarterback position right. In 2017, led to Mitch Trubisky. Didn't work out. No, don't care. But that obsession persisted all the way up until two years ago, or last year, to that draft, where he traded up again and got Justin Fields. Just... Maddenly obsessed with trying to get that position right because he came from an organization that had it right. He's not here, but he's the one who delivered Russell Fields to the Bears. That obsession of finding the quarterback and getting it right delivered him to the Chicago Bears. It did. There's no other way to put
2: it. No, it's, it's a good parting gift. It's definitely a good it's parting a very good parting gift. There you go. Here's a franchise quarterback. and Unfortunately... Um Ryan Paces Falcons are going to have to try to stop Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. In, in a couple weeks, so do we want to hear more of these or just go into voicemails? Let's do one more. Yeah, one more. Okay. Do you want Baldy or Michael Irvin? Ooh, Michael Irvin. I heard this is a good one. Okay. Yeah, I haven't heard this yet. Let's hear it. Uh, Michael Irvin on Justin Fields.
1: What number we are? on? Number one. He's my number one. Who it is, playmaker? And I know now. This is the first time anybody ever. Calm down, RC. And get on my top playmaker. Calm down, RC. But I gotta give it to him. Don't be hyped. Justin Fields. Shut up. Justin Fields. I gotta gotta give it to him. But they say he can't play. They say he can't play. They say he gotta get a new quarterback. They say he gotta get a new quarterback. They get somebody else. What they gonna do now? What they gonna do now? Justin Fields, 178 yards. What is that a record? cuz we knew he had the we we didn't think he had the he 3 three, 3 3 oh. 3 3 3 just keep it going spinning <laughs>
2: I think I understood three words in the entire thing. <laughs> that's outstanding, though. <laughs> that, that, but that might be the most. That might be the best breakdown of Justin Fields I've heard since Sunday. Just, just ninety seconds of yelling. <laughs> well, that was Soldier Field just, on Sunday, just, just just gibberish and yelling and nothing making sense. Just celebrating what it was like. I, that's outstanding. Here's my final
3: thought before you ask for it. Well, we still got voicemails. Uh, I know, but I wanna get ahead of things here.
2: This is the problem. You always waste your final thought. I do. Well, I got I got the, good thoughts. Uh, <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> Most of the time. Uh, probably not. <laughs> Most of the time. come on, Vic. Like Justin Fields can improve as a passer. Like I think that's gonna happen. You saw the glimpses last year, we saw the glimpses earlier this year when he had like a six point two passer rating or something that bad. Like just is bad the glimpses were there the plays were there Throws need to be made ball needs to get out quicker like I think that'll come that comes with time and experience but to go off like the the vibe of Michael Irvin Justin Fields can do things that a lot of quarterbacks just can't do it's like that feeling that Josh Allen gives you when he jumps over somebody is it not like did you yeah. not get that feeling on that 61 yard touchdown run Yes. Trevor I, I, Lawrence can't do that. He's good. He can't do that.
2: Zach Wilson can't do that. Tua can't do that. <laughs> this goes back to sometimes I feel like we just get too caught up in like numbers and and like he can do this and he can't do this. And it's just like you know when you know. Right? Like Mark Carman said this earlier in the year when Fields was struggling. He's like, regardless of what you want to say is going well, what's not, it's like, you know what it's supposed to look like. And this is not what it's supposed to look like. That was back when things were poor. Now, this is what it's supposed to look like, right? With the first round quarterback, who's as special as Justin is, with all the talent we've always known he has. You want to nitpick on some of the throws, some of the decisions, sure. At the end of the day, the Bears scored more points on offense than the Miami Dolphins did, one of the best in the league. And it was Justin Fields carrying the entire damn team. That's a quarterback in the National Football League that you want to have. It should really just be as simple as that. What's the the old saying? You
3: want a quarterback, you win because of? Not just with? That's a a because-of game. That is 100% a because-of game. The Bears are averaging more than 30 points over the past three games because of Justin Fields. Because of him. That's why it feels different. It looks different. I want to go back to something I said Sunday night. The rushing yards are positives for Josh Allen, for Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson. They can be positives for Justin Fields. I think the passing game will come along. I really do. But
2: those positives on the ground can be positives for Justin Fields, too. Do you know who has the most fantasy points among quarterbacks over the last month? Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Number one. Number The kids one. like that. I like that. Kirk Cousins likes that. <laughs> Put a shirt on. One more, just because I love ball. I like Baldy. I I've got to do one more. Baldy, here's Baldy, and then we'll get to your voicemails.
1: Watch Justin Fields on his third and five at the start of the third quarter? I think about those days in the schoolyard when we all played. And you always had that one guy that was just more creative, more fun, better athlete than everybody else. Got crossing routes in the middle of the field and it zoned off. And Justin Fields sees an opening. But Justin Fields just didn't take off. Like he gets both Christian Wilkins and Jerome Baker, both the bite on this. Like, it's just schoolyard stuff, all right? You take that, and put you in a freeze, and then I'll hit the gas pedal. And Justin Fields goes 61 yards to pay dirt. Like, what he did on Sunday, I don't care. Vince Evans, Jack Cannon, Jay Cutler, Jim Hardball, Jim McMahon, none of them have ever done what Justin Fields did on Sunday.
2: And you know what I liked about that play? That's the 61-yard touchdown. Yeah. For him to even be looking downfield at Darnell Moon, He wanted to throw. It means his eyes are downfield when he's scrambling. They didn't used to be that way. That's what makes Mahomes special. When that dude is running away from pressure, his eyes are always downfield. To, To a point that I don't think Fields will ever be able to reach that. That's what makes Mahomes extremely special. But just the fact that it's happening. Is a good sign. They can, he can give you some of it. Again, if you're going yeah. to praise Patrick Mahomes
3: for the backyard football stuff, where he spins on the two yard line and he pitches it or he throws it underhand, you could praise Justin Fields for it too. It's okay. It's different. I'll <laughs> be very different in this town, but it's <laughs> blows your mind a bit. It's but if you, could, but if you could praise the backyard football play of. Of even even Josh Allen, the elite quarterbacks, they all do it. Patrick Mahomes especially. You can do the same for Justin Fields.
2: He can throw the ball. <laughs> all right, so that's what all the national guys had to say about the Bears' loss. Sometimes I forget it's a loss. Uh, but with what Justin Fields did Sunday, here's what our listeners had to say on the voicemail line. Ah! Hello?
6: Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? <laughs>
5: Your else but a call somebody.
1: The Hogan Johns voicemail. The line. Hogan Johns voicemail line.
6: Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep.
1: Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game.
6: Go Bears! I'd just like to take this moment to say, I'm sorry, Colcomet, for all the bad things that I've ever said about you. You
0: might actually be pretty good, buddy. Bear down.
1: David Copperfield ain't gotten out on Justin Fields. That play fake had everyone and their mothers think it was going the other way. What a play, Justin Fields, incredible.
3: I feel like we gotta blame Hog for that block punt return for a touchdown.
6: He's kind of a jinx. Been all week talking about the uh, Bears'
3: huge advantage in DVOA on special teams. What's on you, Adam? 21-17 and 17 is not a bad score for us so far, but it feels like our entire defense was Roquan Smith. I know that our secondary is still really good, but it just seems like we don't have any pass rush. We don't really seem to have anyone who's stepping up and forcing turnovers. I'm hoping that we use most of our uh, cap space and most of our draft picks on uh, revitalizing the defense and outline then.
6: Bear down. Yeah, it's now 28 25, Miami. And just curious, why have we not
1: monikered this dude, Justin, the chosen one, Fields yet?
6: I mean, it's almost staring us right in the face, guys. Dude's an animal. All right, bear down.
0: Hey, Hogan's on. They're sitting around enjoying the Bears game keeping my composure, having a couple of whiskey cold. Who am I kidding? That dude
1: is special. Let's go field. Bear down, baby. 61 yards. Hey, Hogan Johns. I'm sure Hogan's going crazy. Back-to-back plays where the refs just go ahead and give it to the Dolphins. Let them keep going. That was clearly intentional grounding and not at all pass interference. What are these refs doing? Just letting them have the game? Can't believe it. Bear down. This is Mr. Anderson from Philly. And Miss Anderson from Soldier Field. And we had two words for you. Justin Fields! This dude out here putting up NFL records.
3: Bear down. Fields is absolutely legit. I'm so excited for next year. Can we maybe like draft or get one of the refs in free agency Because
1: they absolutely won the game for the other team. Bear down, baby. Oggy, Jack, yeah, Johnsy, babe, it's Robert D. Dabrowski calling in here from Soldiers Field. Just leaving the stadium after a Bears loss, but I feel up, boys. Uh John, Foggy. I know that you guys like numbers, so here's a couple of numbers for you. Uh, 33, 29, 32. That's the number of boners that I got watching the Bears the last three weeks. This offense is unbelievable. With a B-U-L-L, go Bulls. Also, Justin Fields, greatest quarterback in the NFL. No doubt about it. Uh I mean, you could say best in the NFC North, but he's the best in the NFL. It's, there's no question. This guy, it's him. It's him. They finally got him with the capital H, capital I, capital L. Go Bears, Justin Fields. They're throwing it. This is all that we needed this year. Next year, like I've been saying for a million years, Super Bowl, two years in a row. 2023, 20, 2024, 20, plus seven, 2029, 20, 100 billion Super Bowls in a row. Let's go,
2: Paris. Not to get carried away or anything, by any means. That's definitely the most graphic statistic Bob has ever given us. Thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> I got to go. All right. See ya. See so you guys sun is on just, Twitter. to shine like through a, my window? You, you look like you're in a jack o' lantern. Like, just a, send it. like, like it's just I know, but it's just like a glow around you. Like It's the last few <laughs> nice days of fall around here, apparently. So
3: the sun is shining through my my window here. Okay. If you're watching
0: on YouTube.
2: I think it is a nice day. Uh follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Read Johnsy on the Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns, where you go to subscribe, you can get me on all and subscribe to get tomorrow's newsletter in your inbox first thing in the morning we'll have lots uh on justin fields and a breakdown of his performance some of the good some of the bad mostly good obviously and obvious shirts.com is where you get the merch please hit subscribe on youtube hit the notification so you know when we go live post game and what else am i forgetting oh rate and review the podcast we appreciate you We'll be back Thursday. The Lions are the
0: Lions, are they? Talk to you guys. See ya. Who am I kidding? That dude is special! Let's go field!